welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris Nee and Dave Musson, and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, Vermillion Part 2. Two. Two, yes, Part 2. Definitely our favourite Slipknot song. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, the idea of this podcast is very simple. We are picking each one Slipknot song, alternating who made the choice, uh, and delving as deep as we could possibly go into each song, giving it a score, sticking it a ranking, uh, and trying to work out, I guess, what the best Slipknot song ever is. I think that's the ultimate aim eventually, isn't it? In about 25 years. Yeah, not just the best Slipknot. We, we are we are working out the definitive ranking of Slipknot songs. Our ranking is the correct one. <laughs> yeah. We're going we're gonna to find out the best, the worst, and everything in between. I think we'll find some dissenting voices when we finally get there somehow. Well, well, you can't do anything on the internet without people disagreeing, no, can you? So. very true. Um, Vermilion Part 2 is uh, right after Before I Forget on um, Slipknot's third major label album, mm-hmm. Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses. Yes. It's your choice. It is. Why have you chosen this, and why have you chosen this ahead of its predecessor? I've chosen this one because we I couldn't let Series 1 of this podcast go without a visit to Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, because that is my favourite Slipknot album quite comfortably actually um i'm always happy to talk about stuff on it i knew right away that i wanted it to wanted my pick from this album to be one of the the million songs and i went for it over part one i guess i guess because there there are things i want to talk about for both parts which is a good thing because we're doing every song but part two was the one that just caught my eye a bit more when I was thinking about it I just I don't know it feels like a nice one to end this series on so that that thing of ending on a ballad rather than Mm. ending on a banger um I think and also I think because it's because it's the last one of the season this is the the sort of wrapping up of the vermilion story so just feel it feels like it matched where we were with the podcast um and you know it's nice to talk about a soft one again yeah it is um people love this album rightly so it's typically like all slipknot albums it reviewed around seven and eight at the time Mm -hmm. and certainly in the circles we move in it's it's regarded much higher than that it's regarded as 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 you say comfortably slipknot's best album we're not going to get into that too much i actually i've never ranked the slipknot albums I've I have never had to decide what my favourite album is. Yeah. I don't really intend to. Yeah. Um so it's interesting that you, you you are very much of the same school of thought in terms of it being the best of the Slipknot albums. Um Vermilion parts one and two were, were put out as a, an A and B side single together. Um how how would you describe the relationship between two is a continuation of one? I think Lyrically, two is a continuation of one. Musically, I see it as pink and blue, hot and cold, mm. yin and yang. It's what I think one of the reasons part two stands out for me is how clever the band have been in, in reintroducing the sort of the musical refrains from part one. But part one is so sort of seeped in distortion and sort of weird jazzy chords, lots of really interesting playing, particularly at that point in Slipknot's career. They hadn't really brought that many 
non-metal influences out there and you know guitar wise on part one it takes a lot more inspiration from jazz for example and there's like the the weird solo in the middle of the franticness and this one is like the sort of the come down afterwards but they're pulling those same ideas in it it sort of shows that they've got that progginess in them um but yeah i think uh, lyrically it certainly is a continuation of a story and i think when we get to the video as well there's a, there's a mm. continuation there's, a, there's a, a a constant thread through that but I, I just think it's really smart and savvy of them how they've done it musically it really does work as an a and b a hot and cold type thing it's just yeah that was this was one of the first the first moments particularly on this album it was one of those real moments where i sat up and thought slipknot are just a great metal band they're a really good band full yeah. stop they are highly accomplished musicians and songwriters and to to do this two-part song straddled over the course of an album just really effective really brilliantly done part two is acoustic mm-hmm. two acoustic guitars a cello piano. a piano yeah and about six Corey taylors <laughs> yes right so i i think the only make the only way you make that work regardless of who you are but i think especially if you're slipknot is for it to be an absolutely beautiful stunning composition mm-hmm. and it's it's really well put together it's genius from top to bottom my think is a brilliant song um and i think it shows the extent to which Corey taylor is an absolute treasure because it's a again a fantastic kind of multifaceted performance from from him um and the way he's the way he harmonizes with himself through this song is really very effective yeah um and the way that they've layered and structured that is what makes the musical side of this song really stand out i think because the, the vocals look after themselves you know it, they're the lyrics are fantastic the vocal um the vocal lines are, are great and the harmonies are great and it just allows the listener to just kind of wind their way through what's actually going on musically as well um is it a slipknot song of course it's a slipknot song <laughs> of course it's a slipknot song this is i mean it's 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 worth reflecting a bit more on Corey here obviously he's a big part of why it is a slipknot song the the atmosphere that we've talked about in previous songs on this podcast is undoubtedly slipknot this is you know who else can make a, an acoustic song this heavy and this dark yeah. nobody else this is slipknot but Corey in particular i mean at this point i was, I was thinking back to to Corey's performances in particular you know the, a year before this came out was the first stone sour album which had bother on where everyone in had suddenly heard and gone oh he, that guy can sing and then he he pulls out some incredible vocal performances on volume three, probably the peak of it being this song we're talking about right now. And then the, he goes on to the second Stone Sour album and does like um, Through Glass and, mm. and some performances like that. It's it's pretty fair to say, I think, that we're at, we're right into sort of top gear of peak Corey here in terms of him realising his powers and his skills as a singer. He may have got better as a lyricist later on. Yeah. I think we've probably come to that conclusion. But as a technical singer, you can hear on volume three that he's realised he is really good. Yes. And 
I don't know how much of this is the fact that this album was a Rick Rubin produced thing and Rick Rubin is famously just like, okay, guys, I'll leave you to it. I'll come back later. Um, whatever it was that allowed Corey to to put this vocal style on a, on a Slipknot album has done them a world of good because it's just, it's just fantastic. And I mean, I remember... I've been reflecting on this. Like if this had been if this had been on the Iowa record, it would have been odd. It wouldn't have really yeah. fitted the mood. But also, where I was at that point as a fifteen-year-old, I wouldn't have wanted this. Whereas conversely, when Volume Three came out and the first time I heard this, this was exactly what I wanted mm. from Slipknot. This whole album was where I wanted them to go. But this song in particular was like, yes, have some of that. Put it out there to everyone listening is just like oh a new slipknot it's just that's just shouty vomiting on yeah. the mic stuff <laughs> no it's not i mean i remember this album reviewing really well in the nme and that was the first point where i sat up and thought they've done it they've yeah. actually done it they've 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 gone overboard as it were i think Corey's performance on this song never sounds better than when you're watching the video we'll come to the video itself later on but um the point that's important here is that there's no band mm. in the video so you're watching a thing which for reasons we'll come on to is sort of hypnotic in its own sort of way and doesn't really um detract it's, it, it, it's engrossing but it, it doesn't detract from what you're listening to and you hear Corey properly and his voice sounds absolutely sensational it's a stupendous vocal performance so foolishly um aged 18 so this would have been the summer after this album came out um i'd borrowed some recording gear off my guitar teacher i was recording like some acoustic covers and uh, me and a friend did a version of this i don't think i have the recording of it anywhere unfortunately but you know it was i, I was never we were never going to get anywhere near what what slipknot achieved but it's just that was just the 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 lure of this song was like I was recording a bunch of acoustic songs for fun and had to have a go at this because mm. it was just it was just irresistible. It's got this weird thing, particularly when you watch the video, but just listen to it as well. And obviously the sound of it is very different, but it has this kind of same disembodied voice aura that you get with a tool mm. video yeah. where it's so perfect for what you're watching and, and the rest of what you you can hear and so brilliant that you forget that it's a human that's doing it. And it's like that ethereal aspect to those performances that really makes it makes it work. The layering of, of both vocals and music in this song is great. You start off and it's just one guitar, then the second guitar comes in later on. Um, and then you get roughly sort of halfway through and the cello part begins. The cello part in this song is awesome. And the, and the piano it's sort of single notes but it's it's as powerful yeah. as a drum isn't it well it, the the, th the three notes of the piano at the end yeah are like it's just a really weird like late kicking the balls that you're not expecting mm. song's done and it just has that little thing at the end and it's just unbelievably effective for how minimalistic and how short that that part is what i hadn't realized that this this isn't a song that slipknot perform live like Corey and jim have done it as a radio session but mm. there's, according to what I was reading, there's no, there's no evidence of the band playing this, and I, I guess I can kind of see why. It, yeah, it would, 
it would it would be a massive drop in energy of a yeah. standard slip line. Well, it depends shot. how you do it. You could have clown playing a cello with a baseball bat. <laughs> you or, could make it work. Or clown just replacing the piano with clown going clunk. <laughs> that that might take away some of the beauty of the yeah. song. I, I I actually really like that there are songs in Slipknot's Arsenal that don't feel like they're right for the live yeah. environment. It shows what a varied band they can be. Um. We mentioned that, that Corey's lyrics have got better over the years and, and, and would continue to get better after this. I Actually, I would, I'd go into bat for these. I, I would as well. I just, I just think, I think he has got, he, he has even improved on this. But again, this is like him, him realising what skill set he'd got in terms of his voice. You feel like he's become, a, his lyrics have become a bit more, What's the right word? I feel like he's he's had the shackles removed a bit and he's yeah. not just going for catchphrases and he's not trying to pack in swear words here, there and everywhere across this album. I mean, this is the same album with Duality and Before I Forget mm. On. There's some there's some big vocal moments on this record. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this song is is it's just it's just an all all round ticks everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is wonderful. Um, I think there's not really any much, much more to say about the the song itself, and certainly go and listen to it, and you'll understand, you know, why we why we can't really do it justice just by talking about it. Um, video wise, is it's kind of intriguing because I've, I've I'm not convinced I'd ever seen part one or part two as videos previously for various reasons of kind of life and development of my musical taste and all that kind of stuff. And it, it didn't feel like it was in the spirit of this podcast to watch part one before part two. Uh-huh. You pick part two. I'm going to watch part two. Um, so I have read and will assume that it is a continuation of part one. But what I'm seeing going in cold is a corpse floating around on the wind. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, which is not? essentially what the video is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, without, without, without wanting to give too many spoilers i mean you'll recognize the woman when you get around <laughs> to watching part one yeah i understand that that's, much that's about it i mean i i, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying about it being a perfect accompaniment for this song mm. at the same time i also feel like you could delete the music from this and put a creed song over it and it would work just as well i think more the, uh, the treatment of the color and the yeah the, the co- color the wise. color treatment yeah. and, the, and the sort of i don't know i just associate things blown in the wind with terrible bands like creed yeah so. uh, she's very obviously a corpse though yes and yeah. that's not very creed no no it's I'll, a bit I'll give you that creed. maybe if her eyes were i understand open. what you mean if it were yeah. scott stapp just standing in the wind then yeah yeah i wouldn't watch it but yeah. <laughs> no um it's very dark it's very weird it's very slipknot mm. it's kind of beautiful it's kind of um eye-catching in its own it's like, way it's like that the the american beauty paperback floating in the wind yeah it's got that feel to it it's like you could you could watch it and dismiss it or you could watch it and be like me and be like change the change the music and it's a completely different thing but actually when you take it as part of the whole and even with the slightest bit of understanding of how much of an artist clown is and and what vision he has that drives everything this band does it's just inescapable as this this beautiful creation that that does enhance the song oh absolutely does it's that thing it's it's weird that it the effect that it has is just it disconnects Corey from his voice and it's just such a strange thing to listen to in that in that um, context 
one of the byproducts of of visiting the video for this song is that I did so on YouTube. Remember when YouTube comments were the worst place on the internet before, yeah. like football club Instagrams? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a look anyway. Well, you are a glutton for punishment. Why not? So I think the the things that sum up um, YouTube comments, but also sum up this video quite well, is these two that that came one after the other. Uh, we'll call him commenter A. Okay. Said uh, how to make a river. One, dig a hole. Two, play Vermillion Part Two on loop. Right. Nice. Okay. Emotional song. Yeah. Commenter B. That'd be a lake. <laughs> oh, I love the internet. <laughs> love you can't say anything and not be corrected, can no. you? But it's it's it is that super emotional, really um affecting song. As some reviewers would have it from some of our other episodes, by the band that once made people equal shit. And that's a good thing. That breadth is a good thing in my book. Um yeah, you are our remix and alternative versions correspondent. I am. Yes. Shall we? So we probably should. Let's let's do let's talk covers first. Okay. So there's no well, we were discussing before we push record. There is a cover that has very recently to time of recording been released of Vermilion by the absolutely fantastic and local to us band Kundra, who are wonderful. We were debating whether this works as whether it's part one or part two, and I think the consensus was that it's the it's Kundra's version is probably part one, but done in the sort of same sort of tempo as part two, so it straddles both. But I vote that perhaps we we hold discussion of Kundra's one for part one, but just yeah. leave it at the yeah. fact that it's bloody good. Um, I did find a an interesting cover on youtube by an artist called sarah eder um it's like a piano led cover <laughs> it's pretty marvelous actually um typical youtube most of the covers are um point most of the comments are pointing out the fact that um she she says one of the, one of the lines should be line a and she says line b twice mm. and obviously youtube doesn't like that but <laughs> it's a it's a really really excellent cover and it's it's the kind of thing I would have suggested as a fantasy cover anyway. So that's already out there in terms of remixes. There is a remix here. Um, it's the bloodstone mix of the million part two, which is on the underworld evolution soundtrack and on the special edition of all hope is gone. And it's, it doesn't really need to exist. Does it? Like <laughs> they, it's, I guess it's fine. I suppose they, for some reason, they bring in lots of distorted guitars and they try and I don't know whether that's done with a view to make it heavier, but the original is as heavy as that song is going to get. It doesn't there's nothing you can do that would make it darker or heavier. And yeah, I'm I can't say I'm asked about that. No. remix at all. It I can't get away with calling it actually an eight bit remix. I know what but, you mean, but there's enough of that type of approach in it that I just know I don't need it. I so I think some of it, when it goes a bit industrial, I think some of it's kind of cool, but... Yeah. I don't... That's not what I want this song to be. No. Um, so I think it falls a bit flat, generally. And even that, even that's just the good bits of it. I think, uh, you know, the, the stuff on it that's, that's worst, 
is pretty bad. There are other Slipknot songs that you could do interesting industrial remixes with that are far better suited to it. This this doesn't need to be remixed. This this is perfect as it is. Yeah, perfect is a pretty good way of leading into us both not giving it a perfect score. <laughs> um, so finally, to end off uh, season one, we are scoring and then ranking Vermillion Part 2. Uh, what are you giving this out of nine? I'm giving it seven and a half out of nine. Um, I was fully expecting this to be top of my list, actually, when we when we agreed on the song choices for season one. Um, but Kill Pop and Snuff Snuff have both climbed the more I've, mm. I've listened to. So this is the same score I gave Kill Pop and um, Snuff I gave slightly higher because I, I do just prefer Snuff on, on reflection. But yeah, I will always have a very fond place in my heart for Vermillion Part 2 and it, any lower than 7.5 would be a lie. Yeah, I've I've given it 7.5 as well, um, broadly for the same sort of reasons. Mm-hmm. It is just a really, really good song and it showcases one extreme of what Slipknot can be and yet still definitely be Slipknot. And it's gone top of our leaderboard steaming in right at the end of the there series so that's that's top of the top of the list on 15 just above snuff on 14 and a half and then we've got heretic anthem and kill pop together on 14 purity on 13 and a half and devil and i on 12 and that's where we are on season Not bad. one so uh let us know if you disagree and we'll ignore you yes we will uh that is a vermilion part two by slipknot and it is the end of season uh one of our podcasts you Can't Kill Me is produced by This Decay and there's nothing you can do about it. We shall return.